When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 3 of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Can't lie also, love this intro music. Kind of does remind me of actually being in Vegas, uh, sitting at the pool, uh, having a drink in your hand, little Calvin Harris playing in the background, something like that. But it is great to be back. And for the first time, we have our early week reaction to the opening lines. In this case, it is obviously week three that we are reacting to. The goal is to get these episodes out every single Sunday night. Uh, in this particular case, we did not do it Sunday because I got a last-minute ticket to Sunday night football, Rams versus Bears. Wanted to go, wanted to have a good time. So we are reacting on Monday morning. But the goal will be get out the first episode of the week every Sunday night reacting to the lines. And then every Thursday, we will have kind of the full detail breakdown. The difference, of course, being that we'll have more time to kind of think about the games, uh, prepare, plan, and of course, react to any injury updates, any news, any suspensions, any weather, things like that that so this is episode three previewing week three early reaction to the opening lines and a couple real and again by the way I should mention only goal to get you the best information that I possibly can so that you can do with it as you please throughout the week whether it's early whether it's late or whether you disregard it at all that is the only intention here by the way all of the lines provided by DraftKings Sportsbooks so thank you to DraftKings for these lines let's get into it as I will open with the single biggest game of the weekend, which is also the debut of college football on CBS. That is right. Gary Danielson, Brad Nessler, they are back. Alabama at Florida. Alabama opening as a 14.5-point favorite on Sunday. It is already up to 15.5 points. The over-under is 57.5. And, and as it pertains to Alabama, look, I, you know, I don't think there's anything I can tell you on this podcast that you did not see with your own two eyes. Just a dominant, convincing win against Miami. Also worth noting, Nick Saban last week went on that midweek rant, which I believe he did to kind of keep his guys locked in for a game against Mercer. They beat Mercer. Uh, I forget what the final score was, but they were up 31 nothing at half. And, of course, from there, Nick Saban pulled his starters and really just worked on getting ready for this game. So really, when you look at this game, I think the interesting side is Florida. And I think what's interesting about Florida is, you know, Dan Mullen's got a really big decision to make. And for people who have not had a chance to watch the Gators yet, two pretty easy wins against Florida Atlantic and Florida, uh, South Florida, excuse me, on Saturday, uh, completely dominant. Florida actually, as of right now, leads the country in rushing yards per game. 
And so obviously it has been a ground-based offense. They have not tried to show too much of the playbook. But if you've watched Florida or if you haven't, they appear to have a very budding quarterback controversy with the Gators. And the reason why is this. They have a kid named Emory Jones who has been in the program for four years, waited behind Kyle Trask. He has started both games. But if, you, if you've seen Florida at all, you know they have this freshman named Anthony Richardson who is an absolute stud, and it appears clear to everybody that Dan Mullen, the better choice for him would be to play Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson kind of, to me, he reminds me a little bit of Dak, kind of that big physical uh, uh, body and figure, but he also runs probably much better than Dak does. How about this? 117 yards rushing on four carries against South Florida this week. So you do the math. That's you know well over uh, almost 30 yards per carry with Anthony Richardson, and it'll just be interesting to see what Dan Mullen decides to do in this particular case because I think you could sit there and say, well, it's very obvious that Anthony Richardson gives him the best chance to win, but one, he has stuck with Emory Jones. I think he, he appreciates the loyalty that Emory Jones has had to the program, but when I look at this game, I also think there's a little bit of almost a Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears element to it. And yes, I was at the game. So, you know, I, I, I maybe have even a little bit of a better insight than a lot of people on this. But, you know, part of the reason that I don't think Justin Fields got the start against the Rams was because Matt Nagy didn't want to throw him out to the Wolves against Aaron Donald in that defense in week one. So let Andy Dalton take the lumps, get Justin Fields on the field in special situations, and then week three, week four, may name him the full-time starter. And I wonder if that's kind of what you do with Anthony Richardson here. Yes, you want to put him in. Yes, he gives you the best chance to win. But you have the veteran quarterback, and you don't want this kid's confidence shattered by going against Alabama. So it is going to be interesting to watch. I don't expect Dan Mullen to make any big announcements before the game on Saturday I expect to see both it'll be interesting to see though because Anthony Richardson is clearly better at least through two games the better option at quarterback we will see what Dan Mullen decides to do second big game really intriguing one as far as I'm concerned Auburn at Penn State you just talk about a great out of conference cool cross-sectional game two really interesting programs Auburn playing at Penn State Penn State opens as a six-point favorite the over under is 53 and I'm just really fascinated because I think these are two teams that have probably looked a little bit better through two weeks than I was expecting coming into the year Auburn is especially interesting and it is worth noting first year under Brian Harson, they have not really played anybody they've only played Akron they've only played Alabama State but what I would also say is they have looked about as good as you could expect or ask of a team given the fact that they're playing two absolute cupcakes, right? You play these bad teams in the early portion of the out-of-conference slate, it's easy to say, well, you should destroy them. Well, ask uh, Notre Dame how easy it is to just destroy a team that you're expected to crush. Ask, uh, you know, Washington who lost to Montana. Ask Iowa State who struggled against Northern Iowa in week one. Ask Texas A&M how tough it was to go on the road and take care of business against Colorado. And no, I'm not comparing a Pac-12 team to Akron, but what I'm saying is it's easy to say that you should crush the, these teams that you play in the out-of-conference, these games that you're heavily favored, and it doesn't always work like that. So credit to Auburn because they beat beat Akron 62 to 10 and then they beat uh, Alabama State over the weekend 60 to nothing and so I'm not great at math that's 122 to 10 that they have outscored their opponents 
And not only did they do that, but how about this? They haven't given up a point until the fourth quarter. So 60 to 10, I should correct myself, 60 to 10 against Akron, 62 to nothing against Alabama State. And, you know, they've taken care of business. What I find interesting about Auburn, two things. One, their run defense has been incredible. They lead the country in rushing yardage under a yard per carry allowed right now, which is a staggering number no matter who you're playing, no matter what the venue is, no matter whatever. That is an incredible number. Also, Bo Nix uh, has actually been pretty good. He is completing over 74% of his passes, seems to be way more efficient. Brian Harson taking a lot off of his plate. And it's just going to be really interesting to see how Bo Nix handles himself in uh, you know, in Happy Valley with that night game, with that crowd, all that good stuff. And when I look at this game, I think that's going to be one of the more intriguing things that I'm going to have to really think about as I think about this game throughout the week is, is this the right spot? You know, for Bo Nix, and does Brian Harson try to take a lot off his plate, given that this is a night game in Happy Valley, a whiteout, it is going to be crazy. From Penn State's perspective, I'll say this, they also have looked better than I thought. They obviously took care of Wisconsin in week one. Now, it is worth noting, uh, Wisconsin probably should have won that game. Uh, Penn State, of course, only finished with 250 yards of total offense. Th 150 of those yards came on three plays in that game. Also, early in the game, Wisconsin had two red zone trips, came up with zero points. So that was a game that Penn State easily could have lost, but e easily did win. And so I give them credit. I will also say right now, DraftKings does not have any futures on the Big Ten Championship. I think Penn State is a live team in the Big Ten Championship race. I am out on Ohio State. I still think they're, they should be the favorites, and I think Iowa is right behind them. But Ohio State has real issues with defense, and so if you can find a line on Penn State to win the Big Ten, I don't think it's the worst thing you could do. In terms of this game, I expect it to be low scoring. The under is probably more intriguing to me than actually betting either side. Again, we just don't know anything about Auburn, uh, and Penn State, I think, is a little bit limited offensively. I think both teams keep it a little close to the vest. The under is where I would lean, but again, we will have more reaction later in the week. How about this one? Nebraska, Oklahoma. These ain't your grandpa's Nebraska Cornhuskers, okay? This ain't Tom Osborne and Barry, uh, Barry Switzer ain't walking through the door. Uh, Nebraska opens as a 22-point underdog. Oklahoma favored by 22. And the over-under in this one, 61 and a half. Uh, and with, with this one, I think what's really interesting is this. Again, I just talked about it with Auburn. Nebraska completely melts down in week one against Illinois. Illinois themselves has been a total disaster since that game. Illinois, since they beat Nebraska 0-2 with a loss to Texas San Antonio and then got destroyed by Virginia on Saturday. But with Nebraska, I mean, they, they did do what they are supposed to do against Fordham, and they did do what they're supposed to do against Buffalo, and that was absolutely destroyed. Both of them took care of Fordham 52-7, to took care of Buffalo 28-3 to last Saturday. But what would concern me about Nebraska playing the side on Nebraska, they're still turning the ball over way too much. Three turnovers in the last two games. That is, of course, the uh, coming off of the Illinois game where they had that crucial, crucial turnover that led to seven points and ended up costing them the game. So probably not a big fan. I, I'll just tell you this. I'm not a huge fan of betting on Adrian Martinez in anything. West, uh, West, uh, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma took care of Western Carolina this past weekend, 76 to nothing. So they appear to be back. Um, you know, they're, they, you know, they, they obviously did not play well against Tulane in their opener. So going to be really interesting to see what the what the line movement is on this game. Seeing the over under only at 61 and a half feels a little low to me. 
I know that, of course, Oklahoma, they've touted all offseason that their defense has improved, did not look improved against Tulane. Would not be surprised if this one had something like a, you know, a 45-21 final score, which would make the over probably the play that I would like early in the week remains to be seen let's get to a couple other games we'll try to keep this episode brief by the way i want to, i told you from the beginning i want to keep these to 20 to 25 minutes for uh, last episode week two went closer to 40 so we'll try to keep this one to 20 25 minutes cincinnati at indiana line cincinnati opens as a three and a half point favorite on the road at indiana and of course the over under was 50 actually gone up to 50 and a half which is surprising because both of these teams are in the top 30 nationally in total defense with cincinnati we know what's at stake in this game this is a team that finished the regular season last year undefeated i believe should be should have been considered more for a playoff appearance i don't believe they were the fourth best team in the country but when notre dame gets destroyed in the acc championship game when texas a&m gets destroyed by alabama i thought cincinnati should at least be considered for a playoff spot and i bring this up because cincinnati this year has a schedule that does make it conducive where if they run the table they'll be in the conversation they play at Indiana this weekend. They play Notre Dame here in a couple weeks. And this is a game that Cincinnati absolutely has to take care of business if they want to be in the college football playoff conversation. Good news for Cincinnati, 2-0 so far. Bad news. The last game that they played, uh, at they played Murray State at home, an FCS team. They do win 42-7. That's not the bad news. The bad news is it was 7-7 at halftime before they ripped off 35 straight points. So don't be fooled. They were a little sluggish in their last game. Also think that probably has something to do with looking ahead to Indiana and Notre Dame in a couple weeks. And so I'm not totally surprised, but Cincinnati obviously comes in. Their defense will lead them. Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, has also played well so far. Indiana, on the other hand, is, is actually, in my opinion, a little bit tougher to gauge. So on the one hand, they did not look good against Iowa two weeks ago. They lose 34-6. to Iowa has two pick sixes for touchdowns. Uh, but on the other hand, Iowa just might be really, really good this year. I mean, Iowa's 2-0 with two wins over ranked teams, and there's just a chance, like, Iowa legitimately might be the best team in the Big Ten. And so we're going to learn a lot about Indiana in this game the good news is even with that loss to Iowa, they still are playing really good defense. As I mentioned, they're in the top 30 nationally in total defense. This despite the fact that, again, they gave up 34 points to Iowa in that game. Two pick sixes, of course, were the problem. But speaking of pick sixes, I think that to me is what makes this game so interesting is that I told you before the season, I said my concern with Indiana is this. I said it on the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, and I said it here on College Football Betting with Aaron Torres, Episode 1. What I said was, is that Indiana last year had an abnormal number of turnovers, okay? They were one of the top turnover-forcing teams in the country, 20 total turnovers forced last year. And again, because of COVID, they only played eight games. And so when I looked at last season, the number of turnovers that they forced, the fact that their turnover margin was through the roof, again, 20 in eight games is a lot almost two and a half per game you know that speaks to me is is that sustainable over the course of a 12 game season and not a COVID season like last year where so much weird stuff happened well right now Indiana has a a you know a zero turnover margin in other words the same number of turnovers they have created they have also given away and so again is Indiana that dominant of a team when they are not taking the ball away from a team two two and a half three times a game this is one I'll be honest right now I have 
have no great feel for. I uh, do want to do a little bit more research, want to see a little bit more about Cincinnati, maybe try and find some film from their game this week. But I'll just tell you, a really intriguing game that has really big ramifications for, frankly, both teams. I mean, Indiana doesn't want to start one and two. Now, obviously, it wouldn't take them out of the Big Ten title picture, but this was a team that I think people thought was a dark horse playoff contender this year, maybe the second best team in the Big Ten East. You do not want to fall to one and two in your season in a season like that let's kind of wrap on a couple other games another really kind of intriguing uh out of conference game for the big 10 by the way credit the big 10 a lot of good out of conference games last week ohio state and oregon michigan and washington this week we already talked about auburn penn state we talked about cincinnati indiana and now michigan state at miami and michigan state's a really interesting team because so much, uh, you know, we, we forget so much about what happened last year with COVID. But think about a team like Michigan State, okay? Um, Mark D'Antoni decides he wants to screw over the school and the program. He decides to retire in February of 2020. Don't forget that. He's, he retired a day after signing day. Gets, get, he decides to retire. That job opens. Mel Tucker takes the job a week or two later. He comes in. As soon as he gets there, what happens? The world shuts down because of COVID. So he has no spring practice. And then on top of having no spring practice, the Big Ten cancels its season. They come back. They start late. Weird schedule. Limited practice time. And they kind of stunk out loud. Finished 2-5. and five. Uh, they, they lost to Rutgers in their season opener with seven turnovers. Were just not very good. Well, now you give Mel Tucker a full offseason. And I'm not going to lie, Michigan State's actually looking pretty good. 2-0, and take care of Northwestern. The thing that they are doing really, really, really well, they are running the ball exceptionally well. I should mention, by the way, this spread, Miami was minus 5.5. Now they're 6.5-point favorite. Uh, but uh, Michigan State is running the ball really well. It'll be interesting to see. Miami obviously has not looked good through two games. They get destroyed by Alabama. They did play a pretty good App State team, but had to hold on for dear life. But again, the key for Michigan State will be to run the ball. But this is going to be kind of a good indicator game of is Michigan State legitimate? Was it a weird COVID deal? Is Mel, Mel Tucker have this program going in the right direction? Or are they going to lose to Miami? More on this one again, obviously, later in the week. Miami, by the way. Just finished up against App State. App State destroyed East Carolina. You want to do six degrees of separation. Uh, East Carolina nearly beat South Carolina. And so how about this for a point spread? South Carolina going to Georgia as a 30-point underdog. It is now 30 and a half points uh, as Georgia as a favorite. And the, and the over-under is 48. So you know that basically Vegas assumes that Georgia is basically going to pitch a shutout. I don't think they're wrong on this. I'll give Georgia a ton of credit. They played a good UAB team last week. UAB, of course, beat Jacksonville State in week one. We know that Jacksonville State beat Florida State in week two. And so UAB takes care of Jacksonville State. And Georgia absolutely destroys them, 56-7 to without JT Daniels. As I'm recording, we do not know if JT Daniels will be back for this game. But I'm just telling you, South Carolina is really, really, really bad. Like, they're really legitimately not good. They are not talented. And I think they're going to struggle here. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. The under is so low, you probably don't feel great taking that. I don't know that I would feel great betting the game total only because George is going to have that backup quarterback. Shane Beamer, first-year head coach at South Carolina, would not be surprised if he tries, you know, he's going to have his guys playing hard the whole game. He's going to want to set the tone. He's not going to pull his starters, all that stuff. This feels like, if anything, maybe a first-half play. I'll have to see what that number is by the end of the week. But Georgia, a 30-and-a-half-point favorite right now against South Carolina. Let's whip through a couple other games before we get out of here.
you know, I do want to go uh, to, uh, there's a couple interesting ones. So let's start with Minnesota, Colorado. Colorado opens as a one and a half point favorite. It's already up to two as I record here on Monday afternoon over under of 50. I'll tell you this, like Colorado, I think is probably a little bit better than people give them credit for. Remember, Carl Durrell was the guy who replaced Mel Tucker. I just talked about Mel Tucker leaving in February. He gets replaced by this guy, Carl Durrell, who coached UCLA a million years ago, had been out of college football altogether since 2014, comes back, and Colorado was actually pretty good last year. They went 4-2 last year, uh, and they played Texas A&M really tough last week. And I think the two things that stood out to me about that Colorado team, they play hard on defense, and they can run the football. And if you can play hard on defense and you can run the football at home, I believe you can have success. It's also worth noting with Minnesota, Minnesota did not look very good in their second game of the season last week. They obviously lost to Iowa State or Ohio State, excuse me, in week one. They do hold on to beat Miami of Ohio 31 to 26. But what's worth noting in this game, the offense really struggled. Mo Ibrahim, of course, the star running back who was great against Ohio State, he is out for the year. Minnesota's offense struggled without him, 287 yards of total offense. Uh, they were actually outgained by Miami of Ohio. I would expect this line to keep going up in favor of Minnesota going, or in favor of Colorado, excuse me, going into this game. couple other ones I just want you to keep your eye on. Um, one... I will tell you this, uh, speaking of kind of, uh, you know, games to kind of just keep your eye on, one that I want to kind of have you kind of focus on here, first of all, USC. I, I do want to get to USC. They are an eight and a half point favorite over under 62 and a half. They are at Washington State. Now, Washington State is not very good. Um, and USC kind of has this weird history under Clay Helton of just when you give up on them, they put together a really good performance. But I think the tide has officially turned on USC. If you kind of followed the game on Saturday, I was on air on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you know, if you followed the game on Saturday, what was really noticeable was that the team basically fell down and quit. And I think they kind of realized this is USC now. Like, it's not going to happen under Clay Helton. They bought into him. They came to USC to play for him. And it's not going to happen. And I have seen this happen a lot in college football through the years. When a team kind of knows their coach ain't going to be around, they kind of quit and give up. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that Clay Helton, I mean, Clay Helton's a dead man walking. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Clay Helton is a dead man walking after this game. I talked about it on the Aaron Torres podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go listen to that. But, I mean, he has survived because of, you know, the, the AD literally got hired a week, a week after the season ended and the AD wasn't in position to, to, to make a hire. Then COVID happens. Uh, you know, they go 5-1 last year, but they're unimpressive. So, you know, Clay Helton has survived a lot. He is not going to be able to survive this year. This is the first game. It's at Washington State. We'll see what the weather's like by that game. But by this time in, in Spokane, uh, or not Spokane, in Pullman where they play, it could already be cold. It could be rainy. I still think the over is probably the sexier play for me because I don't think USC can get stops. I don't know if Washington State can either. But I'm just telling you, that is a game to keep an eye on because USC obviously is trending in the wrong direction. I'll also say this. Kent State at Iowa. Okay, so Iowa is a 22 and a half point favorite. Kent State's a tough little football team, okay? Kent State, of course, uh, played Texas A&M relatively tough in week one. Um, you know, I know I know you'd be surprised to hear that. You'd probably say, what are you talking about, Torres? Uh, uh, Texas A&M won convincingly. I'm just going to tell you, Kent State, first of all, 
Uh, they, I was talking about this with Indiana, but they force a lot of turnovers, force three turnovers in that game against um, against Texas A&M in week one. They're number two in the country in turnover margin right now, have already forced seven turnovers this week. That was a game that caught my eye. Iowa is not really built to, 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 to cover big spreads. Ohio State, 26.5-point favorite against Tulsa, over-under of 60. I'm just going to tell you, I think every over is live with Ohio State this year. The offense is going to score, and the defense I just don't think is very good. Now, we will see with Tulsa. You know, Tulsa obviously had a loss to an FCS team in Week 1, but Ohio State's got some real problems on defense. I talked about it on the Aaron Torres podcast. It is not getting better. It's only getting worse. They got embarrassed by Alabama last year in the college football playoff. Minnesota was able to move the ball until Mo Ibrahim got hurt. And then, of course, Oregon basically did whatever they want. I think every over is live in that game. You know, a couple other ones, Mississippi State, Memphis. Interesting, Mississippi State, just a small favorite there. We will touch on that one more later this week. Georgia Tech, Clemson. I think Georgia Tech, Clemson's a really intriguing one. The, the spread is now 28 and a half. You know, would have loved to get it a little bit under four scores, but I think Clemson kind of is going to start understanding, look, we have to start making improvement and we have to start making it quickly because if we don't, we could be on the outside looking in of the playoff picture because we don't have very many big games on the schedule. We have to look good every single time that we come out. Remember, Georgia Tech is a team that lost to Northern Illinois in week one. I think this is a bloodbath from Clemson in this game. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Uh, as I said, I want to keep these quick. And going forward, the week one reaction shows, or the, the, the early line reaction shows, should be available on Sunday night. So make sure that you're subscribed. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on Spotify. I really believe that I am giving you as good a college football betting information as you will possibly get anywhere when it comes to college football. So make sure that you are subscribed. Spotify, iTunes, um, you know, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, it is available. I should also mention, by the way, as part of Aaron Torres Media, we do have a great NFL gambling show called Pickin' Pigskin Winners that I encourage you to check out as well. Those guys, two guys, John Frisella and Wes Easley do an awesome job on that show. So if you're more into the NFL side of things, Pickin' Pigskin Winners is one that I highly encourage. John Frisella went 8-2 and two on his against the spread picks on Sunday. Worth noting there. Uh, and that's all. So make sure you're subscribed. Please also rate and review. That would really help. And uh, I will be back on Thursday. I will be back on Thursday. Really looking forward to breaking down this slate further. Uh, but that is all for today's episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. I'll see y'all on Thursday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.